0: you know, I think one of the, one of the ways to live a happier life. And I mean, isn't that what it's about to be joyful, to be happy is to go, you know what? I'm not so good at this yet. And you know what? I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever will be, I don't even know if I want to be. And then to be like, you know what? That's okay. Do I have to be, is it absolutely necessary? And if it's not, maybe you just let that one go. And if it is, Then you figure it out you know you really work for it if it's really really important and you must figure it out and it's the only way then you then i think the answer is very clear but if it's not i think accepting it and letting it go is such an important part of the journey too and like it's going yeah i have a limit there that's a limitation of mine Mm -hmm. and it makes you more honest it makes it's going to make you happier and it's going to stop feeling like you have to push energy into stuff that you don't need to push energy into This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your
1: blocks and demystifying your struggles, so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art.
0: Welcome to another show with Brandon and Evan. (laughs) (laughs) Wave the artist podcast all right um (laughs) this one uh this one we're talking about our losses and our limitations i you know what i don't even know where this one's gonna go but i think that there's some interesting things here you know you're gonna learn a lot from your losses in life and your limitations or your limits which is probably part of this as well they they have they have a lot in them that there's a lot of wisdom that can come from this. And I think that traditionally we might look at these things as a negative. And, and I think what we're going to try to do today is we're going to acknowledge that, but I think bring it to the positive, bring it to the the, the side of transformation. And I think for for myself, I'll just say that, the transformation is is a real gift, but transformation is very difficult, but also very necessary at times in life, because you just you won't do it when things are too comfortable. You won't do it when things are just status quo and when everything's just kind of working. Why would you change what's working? You know? Um, but if you have a calling, or a vision, or a purpose, or something that's beyond where you're at, and and you ask for that, I, I find it common that, for me at least, I begin to run into my limitations. I begin to face my limits, and I also begin to experience some losses in various forms of all types. And they can be very difficult, and challenging, and even emotional to deal with. But when you come through them, You're always so grateful and and you see the necessity of them. Not always, sometimes that takes time, but yeah, I think there's a lot in that. So this is where I'm kind of looking to go with it. I I don't know where we're gonna go exactly, but that's where I assume it will go. (laughs) What do you you
1: have to say, Evan? Oh man, so much, like so much of what you said has already just sparked all kinds of ideas for me um, about or presenting themselves for me in this in this conversation um you know one is there is actually which i didn't even realize at the at the start so i was kind of thinking of these as almost sort of two separate kind of topics in in one thing but you know seeing that there's this very strong relationship where our losses almost or so often tell us about our limitations You know, they can, they can reveal what our limitations are. Um, and another thing, which might be sort of completely unrelated to what I just said is something about what you were just talking about. Um, what just flashed through my mind was, is the symbol of the, of the yin yang. And I suppose i it's actually, I've been thinking about this, that symbol for a long time for, for anybody who, who isn't familiar with the yin yang can look it up but like it's it's like the yin yang is like a circle and there's two halves to it they kind of look like um
0: you know one's like a, black a, one's white one's black it's it one's looks white. like two fish apparently yeah right?
1: two yeah they kind of look like two fish that are two, that are, like are, each are following each other and yeah and there's and there's and so yeah one's black one's white and then there's uh, a small dot of it's opposite within its very center right and it's a tremendously uh powerful and wise symbolism of um that that comes out of taoism um that that talks about duality but this sort of they they together they make up a whole and that they also contain within each of them an element of the other And that's the aspect of this that I'm, I'm kind of really seeing so interesting because within these things of losses and limitations, two words that we, uh, I think that we often have uh, a lot of resistance to, um, in, in our lives, not just the words, but you know, the meanings of, of, of those words, how those words operate, um, actually operate in our lives. Like Loss and limitation is not something that we're generally comfortable with accepting or admitting. Um, However, within each of loss and limitation, there is victory and there are gifts. And I think that that's such an important element because we can often find massive victories within our losses because our losses can reveal so much about ourselves they can reveal our limitations and very often our limitations actually reveal to us what many of our gifts are right and and it can help us to shed a lot of things that we have been doing in our lives the way that we've been going about things in our lives um that really don't belong to us right uh we we did a podcast just i don't know a couple of weeks ago or something on um uh what did we call that one it's it's like about let me see if i can figure this out stop fighting with who you are mm. right and our losses and our limitations um are are often great uh guides to us for for helping us see the people that we actually are and dropping the baggage of, of other people that we're trying to be that we, we are not actually, <laughs> you know, so, um, so there's, I, I, I hope that somewhat kind of illustrates this, this sort of how within each one of these, these things, uh, as I'm seeing it, like there's, there are, there, there's these victories and there are these gifts that, that come with the losses and the limitations.
0: Yeah. The one thing that popped into my mind while you were talking was to lose, right? Like to lose something would mean that you already had it. And so when you think about winning and losing, can you really, you can only win something if you don't have it in a way, right? And you can only lose something if you already had it and so these experiences of loss and win and such they have an assumption they carry with them and i think that's an interesting thing to look at in sports it's pretty simple you know you can maybe look at it but i think there's still some profound lessons in looking at that it's like you felt like you lost so you, so if you if you felt like you lost then you felt like your it was your game to win right and so somehow the the loss is that you had something and, and, and you no longer have it. Right. It's like, when I played for a winning team, we won the provincial cup and all that stuff got the gold medal, all those things you did go into a game and you assumed you would win. And if you didn't win, it was a devastating thing. And it was unacceptable actually. And so there was a certain amount of pressure to perform and to execute and all of that. I also played for a team that was an expansion team into the league. And, uh, you, I remember the game one, they were, we were called the Gunners and the newspaper said Gunners gunned down in game one or something (laughs) like that. And I mean, I went in with the expectation that we would win, but I quickly realized that we had a lot of work to do and a lot of learning to do before we were going to become a winning team. We had a lot to figure out. And I think we all realized that. And so the first half of the season wasn't so much about losing. It was figuring out how to win, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's something in that. And and I, I guess I bring this up because like, words have a charge and they have a meaning and they, and they carry with them something. And I think the feeling of our losses, we can take quite a negative look at them, you know, and without really thinking about, you know, what, what's actually happening here. And did I actually ever have this thing? And if, if not, then how did I lose it? If I never had it to begin with. And uh, you mentioned one thing about, how we were talking about letting go of these people we're kind of forcing ourselves to be. I mean, you were never that person really. So when that ego dies off, if you want to say it that way, you never lost it, you never really had it. You know, you it wasn't really yours. It was, mm-hmm. it was never yours. There's nothing to lose. It, it's, you know, you, in fact, you might look at it, Hey, I won, a more authentic version of myself. I actually gained yeah. something here. And that's, you know, that's a hard thing to wrap your head around because we're, we're so often caught in our ideas of what we think things are. Yeah.
1: Uh, you just, you just took some of the words that were going to come out of my mouth. It was just like, <laughs> yeah, like that, that stuff that you're talking about is like, it was all just an idea is an idea of who you are. Um, much like, you know, like the, the team and the sports analogy, I think works quite well for this, um, for this conversation, uh, up to this point, because, um, yeah, like there's within particularly, like if you go to like the, like the highest levels, but you know, any really truly competitive league in sports, right. The expectation is to win. And maybe, you know, like some, sometimes like you see a, a team that's like, okay, look, we're not, we're not even expecting to make the playoffs this year, right? Like let's, let's, let's set some expectations. However, there's a, still a different expectation that's there. It's like we expect this team to get better. Mm-hmm. We expect this team to become a winning team. And we expect this team to become a team that expects to win. right like that you still that's kind of like the thing that they're that that a team is working towards and and you can tell that like there is something when you know when you see a really excellent team you know in any sport um particularly within team sports i find that it really illustrates this but you see there is this attitude um within them where they do they expect to win And even if they're behind, they expect to come back and to win it. And they very often do. Um, And that has so much to do with culture and stuff like that, but it's, and, and that's uh, an incredibly um, rare and extraordinary, extraordinary thing to, to see, but there's um, so within that sort of journey, I guess you could say between, you know, maybe not being at that level and, and, but it, working your way towards being at that level. How do you figure out how you, how to get to that level? It's through those losses. It's through having your ass handed to you because they're going to start showing you where you're weak, right? They're going to start showing you where your limitations are, right? Um, Even when you have two, Incredibly, almost equally matched teams. Like it becomes such a, it becomes like the the, like it comes down to the smallest things, right? The smallest limitations within. It's like, oh, geez, okay, and they'll play into that, and and you'll play into into theirs. Like, what are what are their limitations? It's like, oh, maybe they're uh, they're, you know, I'm thinking just hockey in my head because it's probably the sport I know the best, but it's like. It's like they know that that um, third line defensive pair on the right side is, you know, a little bit slow, right? You play into that because maybe it'll open up a small opportunity for you somewhere down the like that's the kind of stuff that that goes into it. But at the same time, you know, it's again, this sort of dual duality, this dualism that that goes along with it is that limitation implies strength as well right like they kind of they go together right like you don't have you don't have limitations without strengths right like it's and and very often by accepting our limitations which is a part of this conversation that i i i really want to get into and dive into and and see what we can find but through accepting our limitations um, it paves the way for us to actually tap into what our strengths are because we're we can we can stop exhausting energy into places where we are not strong right and and that doesn't mean that we don't learn we don't grow we don't get better at things but we do have limitations. We do have things that we are um, naturally disposed to doing, right and sometimes sometimes we have to work on those things, but other times it's we need to find a different way. We need to instead of just trying to pretend that we're not limited in a certain way, we need to look at well where are we actually strong where do we actually where do our our gifts actually lie and is there a way in which those strengths and those gifts can solve this problem in a different way Mm -hmm. and i think that that's um that's huge and just i'll I'll turn it back over to you and because this is something that i've been thinking about um for a little bit here in, in regards to this whole thing of of limitation is that i think that in our uh in our culture we have this very conflicted relationship with limitation because on one hand we're somewhat expected to just like no 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 you like you just you just work hard and and, and you like you have to like basically destroy your limitations you have no limitations you know which is a nice idea in some regards you know it's like it's a nice thought it's an ideal thought uh, to 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 say that like no you can you can do anything and you have no limits and you can da 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 um and so that's one message that we receive but at the same time we also receive the message that like hey different people have different strengths and it takes different people to to make the world go round because some people are better at things than others So it's like, we're, we're trying to like, we're, we're, we're living with these two things that, that we're trying to, to live up to, right. And recognize. And I would say that more often than not, we're, we are trying to, we are trying to just pretend like we don't have limitations. And I think that the spin and and the thing that I really want to, to away with in this in this conversation is that those limitations don't mean that that you can't succeed in in something but that again that that the limitations are actually so often something that helps guide you to how you do something right as far as way of the artist goes right finding your path You know, your path is your own. It's, 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 it's not, there's no path that's the same for any, any single human being on this planet and knowing our limitations is, is really like when you think about it, like 50% of knowing your way Mm. of finding your way like knowing your limitations as well as your strengths is like that that it's a 50-50 deal and they're each instructive to
0: us yeah i mean whatever you do don't lie yourself i think that if you want to succeed in anything if you want to do anything in your life you know the more you deceive yourself into something that's not true i mean the harder it's going to be for you to get anywhere and i think we all deceive ourselves a bit i mean uh I definitely have in my life and you know I'm I'm reevaluating some things about who I think I am and and what I think matters to me and and all of that um you know I think something that comes up here is like have you ever heard of the term leveling so like leveling is when when you take something that is strong here And something that's, that's weak here. And you try to balance it. You try to make it level. You try to like, and and the problem is, is when you do this with people, when you, when you undermine the strengths of someone else and you give advantage to the limitations of someone else to try and make it fair, you actually, you actually create something really, really bad. Mm. And sometimes people want to do this because what happens is certain strengths, they get overpraised or overvalued by society or culture Mm -hmm. or family or friends or all sorts of things. Right. And so people think, well, that's the most valuable trait or thing or whatever. And so, um, it's, it's not fair. This person has this huge advantage. Um, and just because certain things are not acknowledged the same way that other things are, doesn't mean they're not valuable. Doesn't mean they're not important. Um, you know, I think when you play sports, I mean, most everybody, when they start out wants to be the star player, they want to be the one scoring the goals and, 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 you know, getting, getting out the one that's in the spotlight. Right. I mean, I think most people in general, not, not always, but most, because that's the one that gets the recognition and their rewards and all of that. But as you progress in sports, if you want to keep going, you have to seriously consider, am I the star and is, am I suited to be the star or am I better suited to be the, the one that's, that's holding up the star, supporting the star, that's, 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 that's there facilitating the opportunity for the star? And if you can figure this out, I mean, not everybody needs to be the star. And if everybody's the star, then nobody's the star. And that's that's something you begin to realize, especially on a winning mm-hmm. team, right? Because winning teams, you know, I played pretty high division hockey, but, but I played very high division soccer. And I've definitely worked with a lot of people and, and know a lot of people who've played very high division sports. And the star role, it's like there's a certain there's a certain pressure on that, right? There's a certain, I don't know, like for example, we had a goal score on our team and, and this guy scored the majority of the team's goals in, in soccer and where things really changed for me as a, as a player was when I, instead of trying to be the star and trying to focus on how I could be the star, I focused on how I could support the star. I became a much better player and i i scored more goals and set up a lot more goals and and did a lot more things that were more useful for the team and i think you know that led to me ultimately becoming a captain on the next team i played on and maybe i'm a better captain maybe i'm a better leader, better supporter than i am a star at least in that sport right and mm-hmm. and and that can be a tough pill to swallow because maybe you're very attached to wanting to be the star you know you want you want that those accolades, you want that acclaim, you want that notoriety, you know, Um, you know, just to give an example, I remember there was a, a tournament we went to and we started the tournament and the first two games, I scored three goals, which was a big deal because we were playing international teams. We were playing teams from all over the world. These are the best players our age, right? And so to start the tournament and be like a three goal scorer right off the bat, it put me in the top bracket of top goal scorers in the tournament and You know, that was a pretty, pretty amazing feeling. But the thing is, is like the difference between me and this, this other player was that he had, he had the ability to show up with a certain kind of consistency that I didn't have. And he had a certain kind of speed and a certain type of poise. And I just didn't have that. Not yet. Maybe I could build it. Maybe I could have developed it, you know, whatever. But the thing is, is like, instead of trying to outmatch and make it competitive, look at something that has a strength where you're maybe not as strong and, and 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 make it stronger, make it better. And then look at where you have a limitation. And instead of, you know, instead of trying to fix it or alter it or change yourself, accept it and look at where you're strong instead. And, you know, something I've learned in business is that you don't want to be spending all your time focused on your limitations and your limits, because what ends up happening is you get nowhere. You're trying to build yourself up in all these areas, just pick an area and be strong in that area, you know? And so in, in business, it might be like, if you're really good at sales, focus on sales. And if you're not so good at marketing or you're not so good at some of these other things, get help outsource it. And, you know, if you go through life being a lone wolf, trying to do everything yourself, you'll undermine a lot of what you're capable of doing. At some point, it's better to get someone to help you who has strength in that area. And, and they can come in and they can, they can fill in the areas and support you in your strength and you can support them in their strength and that's really how you get ahead at some point you know being being a team with people is is so necessary i mean we're getting into a we're getting into the weeds maybe a little bit here but i think what's what's what i'm talking about is like you know with with limitations it's, don't look at it as a bad thing just look at it as like okay you know what i don't know how to do that i'm not as good at that that's not where i excel and that's okay but don't make yourself wrong for it But like, if you don't Excel there, there probably is somewhere you Excel and you might not be seeing it yet, but don't assume just because all you're seeing is limitations that you have no strengths, you, you, you know, and also another thing to keep in mind, and I'll just say this before I pass it on to you, Evan, you you're the best on your team. For example, you're the best at this thing. Well, I guarantee you that you go far enough. You're going to find somebody that's better than you at that. And all of a sudden. What you thought was the strongest is now weak in comparison to this new person who has a much higher developed strength than you do. And so Mm -hmm. there is a constant relationship of humility. It doesn't mean that you're not strong, but you need to acknowledge when sometimes your strengths actually are limitations in another arena. And that's Mm -hmm. part of the expansion and growth of developing as a person. Oh man.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel like that was too much in the weeds. Like I, I, th- I feel like that was, well, that I pulled was it all back. pretty I, That was all pretty was on point off. to me, <laughs> but I mean, uh, oh man. Um, yeah, there's so much stuff that I want to say. Like it's, it's, you know, you, one thing I just wanted to make a quick comment on is, you know, you were, you were earlier on, you were, Commenting on this sort of attitude that uh, is is I guess kind of climbing up through our our culture, which is like you know almost having to like dumb people down, you know, because their strengths are just so. Like I said, like I I do think that there are certain things that are just are kind of overglorified, and and so it, it's their there's this sort of knee-jerk reaction to it's just like oh well we have to just like bring everybody down to the same thing because it's not fair and it's like well no what's what's really not fair is is perhaps our glorify like over glorifying certain skills traits abilities um for example and and the problem is not it's and it's a disservice to just try and dumb down those things cuz we still want those things to be functioning at a very at as high level as possible but we need to create space for others gifts you know what i mean and and just like what what kind of you know we're talking about sports and like you know sports is one of those things where you know like yeah like you these are people who are being paid extraordinary like at least at the professional level people who are making extraordinarily high amounts of money. And then you look at somebody who, you know, teaches, uh, teaches children with developmental, you know, issues, how to speak. And, you know, and they're making a fraction. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Like that's, that's one thing where it's like, it's like, huh? Like there's something off here. So it's like, it's really, um, creating more space and value for, for the gifts that other people are bringing, allowing like a, a greater variety of gifts to, to, um, be acknowledged and, and, and valued anyhow. Um, and then, you know, there was something, uh, in what you were saying. Uh, I remember watching Simon Sinek one time, uh, Doing a talk and saying like this this company that he was that he was in for a while or or it was just his company at, at, at some point and he used to have to uh he used to have to do pitches right or he used to have to you know put in put in um bids for for certain contracts with companies and stuff like that and he would uh he said like he would go into places and he would be just really honest just like we're really good at this and we're really good at that. We're pretty good at this. We're not very good at this, this, or this. (laughs) And he said, and we got hired so much because people just really appreciated that we were honest about our limitations. It created a sense of trust. Yeah. Right. It created, it's like, as opposed to someone coming to like, oh no, we're great at everything. Yeah. It's like, well, and it's interesting that that like that, that, you know, in in an operational level, you know, that there's something that creates that distrust. It's like, well, hold on a second. You can't be great at everything. We're just immediately distrustful of somebody who claims that they can just do anything and be everything and whatever, because there's a part of us that just knows it's not true. It's like, well, you know, and, and so there's there's something I, I it it's to me it says there's something else here about this uh honesty and acknowledgment of um of our limitations um because there is this element of of honesty and trust that comes out of it that comes that comes through it um I feel like there was something else that I wanted to say about what you said in, in, in all of those lovely things that you had to say. Um, but man, it will mm-hmm. come back to me.
0: Made me think about it for a sec. I'll, I'll yeah. say, I'll say this is, uh, I think that there is a, a bit of a epidemic of narcissism that's going on, particularly in Western culture. And it's, it's a pressure that comes from the media and it comes from this perception of what it means to have a good life and you know everybody's everybody's a little bit narcissistic in a form like and if you if you if you say oh no i'm not narcissistic at all well then actually you're a very unhealthy person because there's a certain amount of narcissism which is required to navigate this world in a healthy way you have to look after yourself to some degree you have to consider yourself to some degree and if you didn't the consequences for that would be deadly. Um, and for people who people who don't, people who you know are super just altruistic, everything's about everyone else. they get walked on. they they usually live very uh, uh, depressed lives and things like that. But same for the people that walk all over everybody and don't care how they feel. And um, the reason why I bring this up is because the pressure to be great, to be special, to be important, and all of that nonsense, is I think a large reason why people don't want to have limitations and they don't want to admit that they're not perfect and that they struggle and that they haven't got this part figured out. And, you know, I think one of the, one of the ways to live a happier life, and I mean, isn't that what it's about to be joyful, to be happy is to go, you know what? I'm not so good at this yet. And you know what? I don't know if I, I don't know if I ever will be. I don't even know if I want to be. And then to be like, you know what? That's okay. Do I have to be, is it absolutely necessary? And if it's not, maybe you just let that one go. And if it is, then you figure it out. You know, you really work for it. If it's really, really important and you must figure it out. And it's the only way then you, then I think the answer is very clear. But if it's not, I think, accepting it and letting it go is such an important part of the journey too and like it's going yeah i have a limit there that's a limitation of mine Mm -hmm. and it makes you more honest it makes it's going to make you happier and it's going to stop feeling like you have to push energy into stuff that you don't need to push energy into
1: yeah yeah and and again as well like the the it also might just mean that you have you have yet to discover the way to do this that plays into your strengths right as opposed to trying to play into what your where your limitation is or or you know and and yeah like it's it's hard to say cuz there's no hard and fast rules to to these things there are times when yeah it's like you you might have to push yourself to to grow and and to expand your limitation in a, in a certain area but you know at a certain point it becomes just like you know pushing a boulder uphill you know and it's just like is is this really necessary like is this actually really necessary is this level of pain necessary or is there a more creative um solution based on on the gifts that you have that can resolve the same issue in in a way that is um not only uh maybe simpler or i guess even easier but also you know a lot more joyful to do, right? Um, it did come back to me. Okay, so well, thanks. thanks it's, and so, uh, you know, going going into the old, you know, the old acting, you know, analogies, right? Roles, right? The role of each character, and, and just within storytelling as well. Like it's right. It's like you have all of these different characters, and they all have a role to play right? And I think that this is not so dissimilar. We can look at anything that we, we do in our lives, you know? Um, and I think that this is a really interesting question to ask ourselves from, from time to time, right? Like what is your, what is your role in your family? What is your role in your workplace? right what is your role in a a grander scale and within the world right like these are these are these can often open up some very interesting things because not every single character in a story you know is meant to do certain things one one role is meant to be adversarial to point out to the hero where their limitations are (laughs) Mm-hmm. Right for them to overcome their some of their limitations sometimes, um, or sometimes to acknowledge their limitations. Right? Um, oh yeah, that's a whole can of worms right there. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna press for it. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I'm not gonna get diverted on that one for the moment. But um, you know, and and some some roles, some characters in the story are there to help the hero um, to understand something. Right, but they're not there to solve the problem. They're not, you know. Some of them are there to to just support, and it takes all of these sort of roles to bring this thing together in mm. one in, into one cohesive thing, and and I remember seeing like an interview. It was John C. Riley or something years ago, and and because John C. Riley was this actor who for years. Was always like a supporting, supporting role guy, because um, you know he's he's definitely not like what you would think of as a leading man. But he ended up becoming a leading man, um, in in a lot of stuff. And he he always said that he always looked at those years of the supporting roles that he was playing as just he he would he put it as um, I was always just committed to my little corner of the sky. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's like that. This this person was was the was the central character in their own lives, right? You know, and it's like, and it's sometimes that's an interesting thought experiment to be like, oh, like, what if we followed that character? And very often you see that in like spinoffs on like in like TV shows and movies. It's just like, oh, that was an interesting supporting character. Let's find out more about them, and then they become the leading person in their own way, right? So it's like I think that we have all these different ways in which we are we are playing these roles that um it if we check in to see like well what what are my gifts what are my strengths what are my limitations and and what does that mean for this environment this set of relationships that i have where i can bring something to this right like in in your soccer team in your football team (laughs) yeah um, just to, just to please everyone across the pond there, <laughs> uh, there's this person who is the clear, consistent goal scorer, right? Which means that that's their role. You know, like that means that in many of the situations, that's the person who you want to, you you want to put the ball ball in the in the hands of so to speak right like michael jordan right in the clutch time get him the fucking ball yeah right we don't we're not delivering it to other people very often he's the clutch um but you know i i I don't know anything about who this person was but it's like you know maybe you know maybe they're a person who actually um if they if they got into a bit of a rut uh, mentally had a hard time getting out of it had got, or, or someone who's easily discouraged or something like that. Maybe you have a gift in being able to motivate, uplift, lighten the mood, you know, like when, when everyone's just like a little bit too tight, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a gift that you can bring into the locker room. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that, that's that, and that's something that you can bring that no one else can bring. Right, because that's that's the strength that you have, um, and then it takes the pressure off. Right, it takes the pressure off. It's like, oh yeah, I don't have to be the goal scorer. I can I can leave that up. And, you know, it's like I'll 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 put one up every now and then. But like, y- you you can step into those roles, and you often uh, you often hear athletes in interviews talk about that about how they learned how to step into certain roles. And especially throughout the evolution of an athlete's career as well, because when they started playing as a kid, they might've started playing as a forward. Right. And then as they got older, it was just like, Oh, you're actually kind of a big body. You're not as fast. <laughs> you're not as fast as everyone else anymore. It's like, okay, well what? And so maybe now suddenly you're, you're, you're a defensive player, but you've got these sort of forward chops that make you uh that make you a real good, you know, you can you can move the puck real well like out of your end you can make that great first pass you Literally
0: know different sports you're just throwing it Di- in. i know
1: i'm just throwing like i'm just throwing everything out there at the wall seeing what sticks um but you know what i mean like you it's it's sometimes you have to make these pivots right because sometimes yeah. you suddenly realize like oh shit i was hot shit scorer in this league and in this league i'm not yeah but what can you bring? And it's a reevaluation sometimes of, of, of your gifts and, and in the understanding of your limitations. And, and I think that so many of the players who end up making it professionally sometimes, like, yeah, maybe you thought that you were like that. And at a certain point you were, you were that first that first line person you know who was like, you know, the flash player and you end up finding your way professionally as being that like fourth line grinded out tough as nails hard to play against, <laughs> you know, type of 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 player, right? Um and and you find your way through through that sort of I think evaluation that doesn't negate your your gifts. I think that a lot of time they, they, they come with you. They just go through a kind of metamorphosis. Hey everybody, this is Evan and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, connecting spirituality to craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe.
0: Yeah, the metamorphosis, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because, you know, there's a certain point, I think where, I mean, particularly in sports, Most star players don't end up as star players. And I mean, most of the star players are the people who end up making it professionally. It's usually the stars that, that move through, but you know, if you get stuck needing to be the star, then you could totally like undercut your entire career. And I think that we have to adapt, you know, there's, there's, you know, it's even if you were to stay with the sports analogy, you grow and you change and you get older, right? So like when you were a young kid, you might have had a growth spurt and all of a sudden you're a really good player because you were just tall and fast. And so they're like, okay, hey, great, this is the one. And then as you got older and things leveled out a little bit more and people caught up and maybe even grew taller than you, and maybe they got faster than you, you had to change your game. You had to adapt, you had to figure it out, and you might not have that position anymore. And so, you know, you you learn something new. And it doesn't mean that you forgot what you learned from the last things, but then, you know, as you go older into sports, you know, you get older, your, your body ages and, you know, and, and so where you might've relied on speed, you don't have the same speed that you used to have. And so now your game has to change again and, you know, you may still be a key player, but just a key player in a different way. And I think this, you know, to take this out of sports, I mean, I think this is relevant for people in the arts and people for anything. I think the point is, is that you, you just, you're honest with yourself, you know, and, and I think that's what this kind of, this conversation is coming down to for me in a lot of ways is just like, don't pretend to be something you're not because it will keep you from what you are and your limitations are an important part of you finding out who you are, which is actually the really most important thing. And it's not so much even just who you are, but like the role you want to play and the role that you're best suited to play. And if you were thinking of it in terms of nobody's casting you in this role, like you're casting you in this role. And so something that I've come to, to kind of bring this around even more to a more personal level and a more like just a regular life. I'm not an athlete, Brandon. I I can't relate. Okay. (laughs) But just regular life. Maybe your values change. You know, I found that's been happening for me over the last like decade, just like my values have been, I don't know, like maybe they've, maybe they've always been there, but maybe the ones I thought I valued are getting kind of shedded away or cleaved off or however you want to look at it. Like I'm losing them, right? I'm losing these things that I thought really mattered to me. And now I'm finding out, Hey, you know what? This is what actually matters to me. And so that can be, that can be quite, uh, discombobulating, I don't know. It can be kind of like confusing and you're just like, ah, what, what do I do? What does this mean? Um, but I think that as I find more of what my values are, I realize, like, yeah, you know, I don't want to do that thing I used to do and mm-hmm. and i i don't care about this anymore i used to think i cared about it so much and maybe i maybe i did at the time but i just don't anymore and so what does that mean and what do i want to do and you know my values and my my personhood have changed dramatically and you know i'm very happy with the person that i've become through being on this pursuit of relentlessly pursuing what matters to me but I can tell you that at times it's not always an easy road Mm -hmm. because it would be much easier to just be like, yep, this is what I do. This is what matters to me. This, I'm just going to keep my head down and stay on it. And, you know, and I don't know if that is fulfilling for people. Ultimately, I don't know if that can work for some people. I I didn't live that life. Um, But for me, I found that as I've, gotten older and 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 lived life and met people and done different things. I've learned more, and I've changed. And I've realized like things that matter to me are different than one what once mattered to me. And it has opened me up to exposing new limitations. And so there are times where I'm like, oh, man, I wish I was working on this like ten years ago. It's like, well, you didn't know to because you didn't know you valued this back then. And now you just got to jump back in and figure it out. And that can be quite frightening. I'm sure for a lot of people, that's even why they avoid it because they never want to experience that. But, you know, I, I think as I've gotten older, I've also learned, okay, you, you know, you're not going to be perfect at everything. You're just going to have to pick pick what you care about here and double down on that and go towards it and do your best at that and if you need help ask for help and if you if if you're struggling with this there's someone out there who has that skill set and they can help you and i'm constantly i i can be very much a lone wolf kind of person if like this mentality of it's going to be it's up to me mentality and i'm actually trying to let that go because that was a very um i don't know it, it helped me in a time but it doesn't really help me anymore and as much as i like my solitude and i like my my time with myself i'm really learning to just be like okay i'm i'm not good at this who is who can i call who can i talk to who can i message that's good at this and like i'm just gonna i'm not gonna fight that battle and let me put my energy into this thing that i really care about mm-hmm. and um you know something that i find very interesting like Filmmaking, I'll, I'll just share this, Evan, I know I've been talking for a bit, but filmmaking is always something I think I'll love. I'll always respect the art and the craft of filmmaking, because it was such a gift for me in, in me finding my way. What I'll do with it from this point on, I, I don't honestly know. I really don't. But what filmmaking helped me find was vision. Because with filmmaking, I had to build a team to make a lot of the stuff I wanted to make. I just there, I wasn't able to do it on my own. And so I had to learn how to communicate to people what I wanted. And so something I am I think I'm quite good at is expressing my vision and describing that to people in terms of feelings or visuals or um, tones or uh, modes or fluencies that don't necessarily align with technical stuff. But I can say, you know, this is what i'm this is what I'm feeling and this is how it's looking, and this is the the flow that I'm going for and whatever. And all that might sound like nonsense to someone who's very technical. But I can do this. I'm good at it, and I've done it successfully. And so, like I've been going through this whole process of like uh, looking at building a, say, a mobile type of home and just building it from scratch and kind of going through that. And it's like as I talk to people, they get me excited about it because I express my vision. And I'm like, okay. Well, I don't know how to put a toilet into this thing, but this guy does. And I was talking to a plumber the other day, Evan, and I was telling him my vision and he's like, okay, great. He's like, you let me know when you have it over here. I'm going to help you build that. And I'm like, great. So I got a guy to do my, my plumbing and my shower and my, and my, and if, you know, and it's just, I'm good at getting people enrolled into an idea and building a vision. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to build the toilet though, but I need a toilet. But should I learn plumbing now? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I could. I'm not a, I'm not adverse to it. I'm just saying, like, there's a point. You got to pick your battles, right? There's people that can help you do the thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, there are so many things in this world to do, to learn, and you can't do all of it, right? That is a human limitation. Yes. <laughs> there's there's so much going on that you just, you can't. It's not actually possible.
0: Or to be um, expert at it all. I mean, maybe yeah, you can exactly. a little bit of it all, but then, you know... You do a half assed version of what someone could do a great job of.
1: Yeah. And again, but like everything in the world, everything there is to know in the world, like you can't, like you can't even come, you won't even come close to being an expert in a small percentage of it. Like, like it's just, it's, it's one of the most futile efforts a person could possibly go about. But what do you, what do you actually learn and do? You, I mean, you put yourself to where, to where you feel passionate, right? And and what what is joyful to you? Um I think that that's always like the indication of of where you go and I think that an image that that came to mind while you were talking was sort of like it's like a it's like a lens, you know, like a like a pair of binoculars or a, or a telescope or something like that, right? Like You've got to throw yourself into something, right? With absolute sincerity, you got to point. You got to point that lens at 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 something. But you have to point it there and look through it first, so that you can begin to put it into focus, right? Because you can't focus on everything, right? Like you have to, you have to dial that thing in. And I think that where I'm going with that is that. Only by kind of throwing ourselves into something with with that sincerity, with real sincerity and real passion, is that's when our limitations and our strengths begin to reveal themselves, right? Because we don't always know, right We don't always know, but we start to figure some of these things out only through the doing, only through mm-hmm. through um, and we have to be active in, in understanding these things about ourselves, acknowledging these things about ourselves. Um, because it's, if we don't accept the limitations and our losses, um, as much as we accept our, our victories and our strengths, we're, we're kind of going around half blind. In what we're doing like it's it's there's a there's sort of a almost a willful ignorance there (laughs) that's that that's happening when when we refuse to work with those things and i think again like it it comes down in my mind so much to creating a new relationship you know like really just just re rewiring sort of how how we think about loss and how we think about limitation not as things that are in our way right because they're not things that are in our way They are things that are actually um there to highlight our strengths that are there to actually give us that crystal clear vision um that that focus that we need to To go into the directions that we truly, actually want to go in.
0: Mm Yeah, I was thinking, coming back to earlier in our conversation too about loss is like, you know, letting go of what what it is that you think you have is such an important part of this as well, because like you might have an identity. You know, for example, you're the star player on the team. Then you get moved up a division or you get moved into whatever, and uh, you re- you're not the star. If you identify too much with the star, you know, you, you think, well, oh, I lost that. It's like, well, it's not that you you never had it. You played the part. You did the thing that you needed to do while you needed to do the thing. It was, It's not a loss. It's uh, You filled the role that needed to be filled at the time. And now you have a different role to fill and doesn't mean you won't be the star again. It doesn't mean that, you know, you can't have what you want, but I think there's something about this that I keep coming back to with it. It's like honesty, you know, if you, if, and it like. Don't, you don't need to be anything other than what you are. And that's such a hard lesson to learn. It's Mm. just so hard to learn, especially in this culture. That's telling us you got to be great. You got to be special. You got to be whatever. And if you if you if you don't, then you don't matter, and and you don't get any of the good stuff, and all of this, right? And so people, I think they feel a, a tremendous amount of pressure to live up to something other than what they are, and I think this is where the honesty comes in: is that you you become okay with not being what everybody else is telling you you need to be, and you and you go, okay, like who am I? And what can I do right now? And then you do that. You don't worry about people's opinions of it. You know, you do the best you can with it. And you don't worry whether people think it's good or great or whatever. Because if you look at that whole model, too, of like, I need to be somebody. I need to live up to something or whatever. It's so much based on some type of approval. And um, there's that saying, you know, you live by their approval. You'll die by their criticism. Right And I think this this has a lot to do with this talk as well. I mean, it's not as obvious, it wasn't as obvious on the onset, but it's more obvious to me now because now you've lost their approval and now you're devastated, right? And now you're dying by their criticisms or whatever, or your criticisms. It might not even be theirs. It might be be yours that you carry with you, you know. And so, if you're gonna lose anything, lose that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that critical, uh, judgmental, voice of having to be something other than what you are and that's no easy task man that's a difficult one to work out but like the the sooner you accept you the sooner you can be real about your limitations and the less you're going to experience of this whole loss thing because loss is such a it's an attachment right it's like that saying in fight club the things you own end up owning you And that's kind of like what losses, right? It's like, well, that owned you and now you lost it. And now you feel like you lost a part of yourself. And it's like, you didn't lose anything. If anything, you, you, like, if you were a piece of stone and, and, you know, it's David under the stone or whatever it is, you carved away a chunk that didn't even need to be there. You didn't lose it. You got rid of something good. and And it's like reframe that in your mind, right? Like it's not that you lost it. Like, Yes, if all you are is a bland stone with no design and no meaning and no nothing, nothing about it, then yeah, the stone did lose the chunk. But if you see that you're actually this wonderful piece of art carved underneath it, and when something gets chipped away, you look at that as like, hey, I'm a little bit closer to what I really am, then it then it ceases to be a loss, and now it becomes a discovery of self, which is a wonderful thing. And I mean, I'm working through that in my own life to 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 keep reframing it that way and remember hey this is not this is not a loss this is me finding out a little bit more clearly who i really am and what this really is and mm. that's a wonderful thing you know and th- and then and i'll say this one last thing if my values are more clear it's easier to do that. It's when my values are confused when I'm thinking I need to be something that I'm not and whatever, that's when that becomes lost. Right. But when I'm like, Mm. Oh, this is what I want. And this thing went away. Well, this is closer to what I, what I actually want. That's, that's okay. You know what I mean? And I might've liked that. I might've been comfortable with that. I might've, you know, been very attached to that. But It's like, Hey, you know what? This got cut away for a reason. And that's, that's helping me see more who I really am underneath all of this.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, um, some of what you're saying makes you think a lot of, of something I've heard from one of my favorite philosophers, uh, Krishnamurti, who you know, has said many, many times something to the effect of, you have to die to yesterday so that you can live fresh alive with vitality today with passion today you have to die to everything that 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 came before always being in a process of continual renewal essentially um and and that comes with a, i guess sort of a loss right like it's just like yeah that that day is gone that day is dead that yesterday is not coming back right and it's really clinging to it that creates all kinds of uh kinds of issues in in our lives that makes us um i think sometimes unadaptable at times because we're so hung up on all of these old and and dead ideas that we that that we have and just as sort of like yeah like um, another thing that comes to mind is you know like in the life of like a a professional actor right like much like an athlete but as an actor like you can't play the same role for your entire life like Mm -hmm. you can't you know (laughs) like if you if you you know been fortunate enough to to have a you know a long career in in acting you know like maybe you started when you were a teenager right you you're not playing a teenager when you're 60 <laughs> no like it's just not not going to happen. i mean there is some pretty incredible wizardry i guess that they can do now but like it's all i i that that's side issue sometimes that still comes off as very strange to me sometimes but um it's very cool But at the same time, it's like, no, but like, we expect you to be who you are, right? And, and no, you can't play the, the, you know, the college student coming of age story anymore. But you, but guess what? You do get to play, you do get to play the, the, the 60 year old who's, you know, discovering life again, you know, or is, is, gets to be that, the wise voice to, to the person on this, on this journey. Like there's a whole new set of things that you didn't get to do before, you know, as an actor that you get to do now. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just, and that's a limitation that's imposed upon you. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, that's like a, that you, there's really not much that you can do about it. You can't do anything about getting older. (laughs) You're getting older. It's going to change how you look. It's going to change how you think. It's going to change how you behave. Right. And, and that's going to change the kind of stuff that you can do, right. That people will, will go and watch and accept you as, you know, as an, as an audience member. Right. Um, and so what do you do about it? Right. What do you do about it? You can go gracefully with it and you can move with it and you can let it open up new opportunities or you can fight it. Plastic you, surgery, plastic surgery, but you know what, like, <laughs> but it's a losing honestly, battle. <laughs> it is, it is, because it's like to me, it's just like plastic surgery. I mean, I'm running the risk of offending some people here, it's like, hey, look, that's, it's, I, I, I understand, and and that's a, I get it, you know, like getting getting older, and and yeah. and some of the things that come with it can be challenging to. The ego into into the vanity and i totally understand why people do it um but you know for me plastic surgery is one of those things where it's like you don't look younger you just look like you've had plastic surgery
0: <laughs> yeah well let me yeah. just say something about that because i feel like there could potentially be a lot of our audience who you know has got plastic surgery i my my take on it is i i'm you know i've spent a fair amount of time in los angeles which is like one of the capitals of that. And when done well, when done in little bits, mindfully, I think that people can, they can do some really great things to enhance their appearance. I'm not saying that you should get it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm just saying that if you're, if like anything within reason, but when, when people start to get to the point where they're trying to run from who they are and they're trying to do these, these things. And it's like, you end up altering yourself in an unhealthy way. And I think that it's, you know, there's, you know, plastic surgery, like anything, like any type of solution we're trying to find to, uh, be whatever it is we think we need to be. I think you just need to be careful that you're not being sold into, you have to be something other than what you are. You know what I mean? And, and I, I think, um, you know, I think, uh, there is everything within reason, look, everything within reason, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go down that road, I mean, there's no judgment. I think it's just a matter of try to not lose yourself in the world's expectations of you, you know, whatever you do. I think that's, you know, I think that's the thing. And, and it, it's not just with, with that particular medium. It's with anything, you know, don't, don't get sucked into being what everyone else thinks you need to be, or or this pressure that somehow what you are is not enough, and it's not good, and it's not real. You will find that, especially with beauty, beauty comes out of often self-acceptance, and through self-rejection. No matter how much you try to fix and tweak and do whatever you're gonna do, you'll find that you'll never you'll never attain it. You'll never get to it because you're You're constantly running through it, running from it, I should say, and and uh you know, I mean, this is a little woo-woo, maybe, but <laughs> there's an energy. you know, we give off energy, and there's a vibration, and uh if you you know, maybe you don't believe that, but the thing is, is like, sometimes consciously, but often very subconsciously, we're picking up on these vibrations that you're giving off and these these frequencies that you're at and if you are fighting something you're going to give that vibe off you know and it's going to come through your behavior it's going to come through your words it's going to come through everything and so you know you can you can make a good attempt at it and you might get away with it a little but i think you'll find yourself in a lot of pain so i would opt for go for self-acceptance try to find peace with who you are as much as you possibly can, because you'll find more peace in general and you'll be happier. And I think that this thing you're pursuing, I think at the end of the day, you really are after happiness and peace anyway. So just cut out the middleman, (laughs) so to speak, uh, you know, and just get down to who you are and, and let that be enough. And then you'll make better choices from there you know, do whatever you're going to do. But if you make a choice from a place of self-acceptance, you'll make much better choices in what you do. If you're making a choice from self-rejection, it's your choices and just look at your history. Your choices will probably not be as good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, make of that what you will. But that's kind of my take on it. You know, if you're doing it out of a place of self-acceptance and self-love and, and you know, I want to enhance this thing because, you know, hey, look, like, my my cheeks are even prettier. I already thought they were pretty, but I can even make them prettier. And maybe that's what you're doing. I don't know, I'm just giving an example. Okay, that's, that's a little bit better than, oh, I hate my cheeks, I need to change them. They need to be different. You know, that mm. that place, there's a real, it's a really slippery slope, a dangerous place to, to, to play in. So just, you know, try to work on that. You know, if, you, if you're really not liking yourself, try to work that out before you try to find these uh, external solutions to fix it. I mean, it even goes for, I'll, I'll get dentistry, even your teeth, right? I think having straight teeth is a great thing, but if you're, if you're changing your teeth, cause you hate your teeth, it's not, it's not for you, just for your mental health and your well-being, it's not as good of a place to come from. But if you see a value in straightening your teeth, if you're like, Hey, you know what? Like, I think this would be good, you know, and and you, this is an inner honesty thing, man. No one can answer that for you. So I, I just, you know, I just I'm a mm-hmm. lot in the film industry, and I know there's a lot of people who I've worked with and 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 maybe listen to me from that spectrum, and uh, you know, I know a lot of people dabble in that arena. So I just want to be very compassionate and mindful to people who are doing that because I've seen great things with it that um, mm-hmm. surprised me, and I was like, wow, you got work done. Wow, I, didn't, I had no idea. That's a good, you know, and if you're happy, I'm happy for you. Yeah. But I don't want to see people hurt and I don't want to see them hating themselves Mm. for for nonsense in this industry, the film industry, man, it's, it can be just brutal. The model industry too, all of this. Right. So just that's, that's my, I don't know, just like a buddy, like a friend kind (laughs) of saying, Hey, look, you do you, but like, I just want you to be happy. I don't want you to be hurting you know?
1: Yeah, totally. Where, where it's coming from, um, matters for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. (laughs) That's, that's just my take on it. Take it as you. Yeah.
1: well. I figure let's, let's, let's wrap this one up. Let's, let's, uh, quickly. I don't know if you've got a beer today or not. Um, no beer for me. I, I just have bubbly water. (laughs) All right. Well then I will, uh, I will, I've got a beer ha- happening here. I think this is probably one we've had at some point. Um but it's uh, one from Lighthouse Brewing Company. I think they're in Victoria. Yes, they are. Uh Lighthouse Brewing in, in Victoria and uh this is their Shipwreck IPA, which is like one of their one of their flagship brews that uh you can find you know in store shelves but in many Many restaurants and places like that. And it's um it's great. It's a great IPA. Awesome. That's why it's a flagship. It's why it's a staple for them. Uh again, they're not they're not paying paying uh advertising on this one. It's uh it's just just having a beer, having a
0: conversation. Part of the tradition, I would, of have the tradition. Grabbed a, I would have grabbed a beer, Evan, but you pushed our podcast an hour ahead. I'm not, it's not your fault. I'm just saying, I waited to oh, the okay. last minute okay. and then, uh, I waited too long and then I was like, okay, well we'll change plans. And by the time I was like, oh man, I should grab a beer. It's like, nah, no time. But, uh, anyway, um, yeah, you know, I always love this tradition though. It's always spread yeah. on a lot of good combos. Do you have, uh, do you have thoughts to wrap it up or do you want me to go first? Um, why don't you go
1: ahead and, uh, and, and I'll see if I can come up with anything closing, that sure. will be, that will live up to a closing remarks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what I, what I have to say to wrap this one up. It's been a good exploration. I think that we covered a lot of subjects and a lot of topics and we have some, maybe some analogies that people can walk away with, which is cool. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, one of my big takeaways here is like, you know, If you're of service, I suppose, if you look at your yourself of service, and I think that's a good thing to do, to look at yourself of service, because being of service will give you a sense of value in this world. If you try to be valuable, you probably will find that you never feel valuable. But if you look at how you can be of service, you'll find that you have lots of value to bring because there's lots of service that is needed and there's lots of problems that need to be solved. and. If you can come along and and provide that service or solve that problem, you're going to find out that you are quite valuable. And so when we're talking about this losses and limitations, if you feel like you lost maybe your role as serving a certain thing or solving a certain problem or being a certain person of sorts, um, I would say embrace that and look at it in terms of, Where can you provide value and service and what problems can you solve? If you, if you go like, I need to solve this problem and you're not really strong at that. Don't, don't do that. Like that's something, someone can help you solve that problem or something out there can help you with that. Try to figure out where you can put your value and where you can put your service and energy. And if you don't have any say skills or, abilities to, to do something, then I would go to, well, what am I interested in doing? What do I care about doing? And then if if you're interested in that and you care about it, then put your energy into being great at that, you know, figure that out. So that might mean just read books, you know, watch videos, learn, like do whatever you can to be an expert at that thing you're really interested in and follow that curiosity and that passion. We've talked about this a lot, Right. Um, do that and put your energy into that and become a resource in that area. And, you know, you don't have to do it all. Just pick one thing to be, to, to be somewhere where you can put value. And if you're seeing yourself limited or struggling, don't beat yourself up about that. It's very human. It's natural. It's part of the whole process. So, you know, give yourself a break on that and, pick the, if you, if you're just seeing all limitations, I guess what I would say is just pick the one thing that you want to work on. The one thing you want to do and be good at and be great at and, and, and build. You just got one thing. That's, that's an amazing thing. If you can offer one great thing to this world, just one, then you're a pretty special human being in this team. So that would be my advice moving forward. Uh, and yeah, and then, you know, maybe you build one and you you have time to build another, build another, sure. But, you know, you don't have to do it all. You just got to figure out how to do usually just one or two things well and you will find that a lot of doors open up for you. Mm. Yeah, simplifying and understanding
1: what that means yeah. uh, at a very individual, personal level, for sure. Um, you know, two words really come to mind in terms of this, the sort of play between, uh, our losses and our limitations. And that's, um, yeah, acceptance and honesty, accepting and being honest about our losses, accepting and being honest about our limitations and coming back to, you know, at the beginning, I mentioned like the, the symbol of like the, the, the yin yang, you know, it's like within those losses within those limitations—they contain, they contain their opposite. They contain their opposite within them. You will find, you will find a victory that occurred within a loss. You will find where you have strength within one of your limitations. Right? Um, these things operate as guideposts for us these are things that are there for us not they're not things that are working against us they are things that help us to come in to closer relationship in contact with um, the people who we actually are and how and and the role that that we have to play i think in in the world and and how we can best help serve uh others as well as ourselves right i i think that there's i don't think that th- those are mutually exclusive ideas i i do think that there is a meeting point where where we can best serve the world and where we find tremendous satisfaction fulfillment and joy i do think that there's a place where that where that meets um they're one and the same thing they're not they're not different and opposing forces and i think that that's uh like this whole thing of of limitation like it's it's like no like they're 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 part of the same thing and they're they're all it's not an uh, one or the other. It's uh, they come together and together they form a whole picture. They, they, they complete the circle that actually helps you. And I think that if we can uh, embrace that, accept that, um, then then yeah, we can we can lead lives that are are more authentic and and joyful and 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 bring joy to others as well. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website wayoftheartist.com for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know and keeping compassionate, creative conversation
0: going.